chapter ten of prince or chauffeur a story of newport by lawrence perry this librivox recording is in the public domain jack mccall at your service armitage landed in newport by the eight o'clock boat and calling a hack drove out to the house of the chief of police the chief was at breakfast and came to the door with his napkin in his hand he greeted his visitor with a broad smile of welcome hello lieutenant he said what's doing another of your boys you want turned loose good morning chief no not exactly may i talk to you a minute sure the chief glanced about the dining-room and closed the door with his foot talk as much as you like armitage glanced at the chief with an admiring smile he had never ceased to wonder at the multifarious qualities which enable the man to remain indispensable to native and cottager alike courteous handsome urbane diplomatic debonair when a matron of the very highest caste sent for him to enlist his efforts in the regaining of some jewel tiara or piece of vertu missing after a weekend he never for a moment forgot that it was all a bit of carelessness which the gentlest sort of reminder would correct this is to say that he usually brought about the return of the missing article and neither of the parties between which he served as intermediary ever felt the slightest embarrassment or annoyance no wedding was ever given without consulting him as to the proper means to be employed in guarding the presence he was at once a social register containing the most minute and extensive data and an index criminus unabridged as armitage talked the chief's eyes lighted and he nodded his head approvingly from time to time i see he said it's rather clever of you i'll hold myself for any word i can do more i know mrs wellington quite well you can ask her to call me for reference if you wish i'll make you out a fine thug that'll be fine although i may not need you in the meantime have your men keep an eye out for yeeski and armitage paused if coltsoff's never mind we first to prove our case yes that would be about the wisest thing you could do observed the chief good luck an hour later armitage stood in the servants sitting-room confronting miss hatch mrs wellington's secretary who was viewing him not without interest mrs wellington will see you i think she said she usually breakfasts early and should be in her office now armitage had an engaging grin which invariably brought answering smiles even from the various strangers so now the crisp bespeckled young woman was smiling broadly when armitage shrugged his shoulders mrs wellington he said i had an idea i should have to see mr wellington by no means asserted the secretary wait a moment please in a few minutes the young woman returned and nodded will you come with me please she led the way up a winding pair of stairs and down a long hall with heavy crimson carpet turning into a room near the rear of the house mrs wellington was at her desk looking over a menu which the housekeeper had just submitted she glanced up as the two entered her face unchanging in expression this is mr mccall said the secretary who without further words went to her desk and unlimbered the typewriter as mrs wellington brought armitage under her scrutiny which was long silent and searching he felt as he did upon his first interview with the secretary of the navy however no one had ever accused him of lack of nerve you apply for the position of physical instructor to my sons she said at length how did you know we wanted one 
armitage caught for the instant off his guard stammered i at least miss i mean i read it in one of the papers hm replied mrs wellington a rather misleading medium correct in this instance though i believe it was an advertisement said armitage what qualifications have you armitage smiled easily i have taught boxing wrestling and jiu-jitsu in southern athletic clubs he said and i trained the nineteen whatever year it was navy team at annapolis he submitted thornton's eloquent testimonial mrs wellington laid it aside after a glance where is your home louisville kentucky ma'am what have you been doing in newport i remember having seen you at church yesterday morning i came up to see winthrop of the harvard graduate advisory committee on athletics about getting the job as trainer for the football team next month he is away were you ever in college asked mrs wellington armitage assumed a look of embarrassment yes he said but unless you insist i had rather not say where or why i left mrs wellington sniffed i thought so she observed dryly what would you do for my sons armitage was on his favorite topic now i try to convince them that it pays to be strong and clean in mind and body he began earnestly when a rustle of skirts and the click of footsteps at the threshold caused him to turn anne wellington in an embroidered white linen frock stood framed in the doorway smiling at them pardon me mother she said but i am in a dreadful fix she glanced toward armitage this is our new physical instructor is it not he has applied for the position said mrs wellington not altogether blithely how fortunate began the girl and then stopped abruptly that is she added if he can drive a car i helped make automobiles in chicago armitage ventured good exclaimed anne you know mother rimini has gone to new york to receive that tancredi and benoir the second chauffeur is in the hospital i must have a driver for a day or so he may for a while may he not mother she nodded to armitage if you will go out to the garage please i shall have mr dawson give you some clothing i think he can fit you i one moment anne interrupted her mother you do run on so just wait one moment you seem to forget i am or at least was about to engage mccall as a physical instructor not a mecanicien mrs wellington was fundamentally opposed to being manoeuvred and her daughter's apparent attempt at finesse in this matter irritated her she was fully bent now upon declining to employ armitage in any capacity was on the point of saying so when anne who had diagnosed her trend of mind broke in really mother i am perfectly sincere but this situation you must admit was totally unexpected and i must have a driver don't you know why i plan to take prince Koltsov. oh everywhere this one for her mrs wellington even when irritated was altogether capable of viewing all sides of a matter very well she said i shall consider the other matter when you are through with mccall let me know anne's eyes sparkled with relief mother you are a dear she walked over and touched her affectionately on her arm mccall if you will go out to the garage mr dawson will show you your room and give you some clothes i may want you any time so please don't go far from the garage as armitage passed out guided by miss hatch mrs wellington turned to her daughter well anne she said he lied and lied and lied but i do believe some of the things he said and some he didn't i believe him to be honest and i believe he will be good for the boys he himself is a magnificent specimen certainly but i don't reconcile one thing what is that mother he is a gentleman and has been bred as one that is perfectly evident oh no doubt replied her daughter with apparent indifference one of the younger son variety you meet in and out of england i fancy 
i suppose so said mrs wellington is that why you invited him to sit with us in church why you spoke to him on the general why you wanted me to employ him i don't know replied anne frankly he interested me he does yet he is a mystery and i want to solve him may an old woman give you a bit of advice anne thank you as her daughter bowed remember he is an employee of this house he sought the position he must be down to it keep that in your mind and don't let him drive fast in the meantime how about his license anne stamped her foot oh dear she exclaimed i forgot all about that beastly license what can we do she faced her mother mother can't you think of something i know you can arrange it if you will well said her mother thoughtfully suddenly she looked at her secretary who entered at the moment miss hatch you might get chief roberts on the phone right away please now anne i'm getting nervous you'd better go yes mother anne dropped a playful curtsy and left the room smiling half an hour later armitage squeezed into a beautifully made suit of tan whipcord his calves swathed in puttees and a little cap with visor pressing flat against his brows was loitering about the garage with ryan a footman and absorbing the gossip of the family prince koltsoff was still there and intended evidently to remain for some time this information gained from what anne wellington had said to her mother had relieved his mind of fears that his quarry had already gone and he would have been quite at his ease had not the thought that the fact of koltsoff's presence here rather argued against his having the control in his possession occurred to him still if the russian had any of the instincts of a gentleman he could hardly break away from the wellingtons at such short notice and certainly not if he was as thornton surmised interested in the daughter talk about the garage left him in no doubt of this if the prince had the missing part he would do one of three things hold on to it until he left mail it or express it to st petersburg benoit he had learned carried the wellington mail as well as express matter to the city mornings and afternoons in his absence armitage was he felt the logical man for this duty so he did not worry about these contingencies he had knowledge that up to eight o'clock that morning no package for foreign countries had been either mailed or expressed this eliminated the fear which might otherwise have been warrantable that the package had already been sent on its way to europe besides no man of koltsov's experience would be likely to trust the delivery of so important an object to any but his own hands thus the probabilities were that the thing was at this minute in the prince's room if all these suppositions were wrong then yeski had it armitage knew enough of the workings of the secret service bureau to know that if the man got out of the country he would be an elusive person indeed especially as he had a long livid scar across his left cheek which could not be concealed with any natural effect but somehow the conviction persisted in armitage's mind that the prince had the control in the short time he had spent at the crags this impression had not diminished it had increased without definite reason to be sure and yet the fact remained he would find out one way or another shortly his room not in the servants wing was on the third floor right over the apartments of the wellington boys which in turn were not far from koltsoff's suite it would not be long before a burglary would be committed in the wellington house at this thought armitage thrilled with delightful emotions in the meantime he addressed himself to the task of gleaning further information concerning the family into whose employ he had entered he learned that while mr wellington and his daughter were devoted to motoring mrs wellington would have none of it and that the boys were inclined to horses also ronald wellington left things pretty much to his wife and she was a hellion as ryan put it to those about her who were not efficient and faithful but otherwise she was a pretty decent sort and willing to pay well 
what sort are the boys asked armitage recalling that his duties with them might begin at any time master ronald the oldest is stuck on himself replied ryan he ain't easy to get along with master royal the youngster is as fine a little chap as ever lived ronald is learning himself the cigarette habit which is all right the quicker he smokes himself to death the better if he wasn't after learning young muck as every one calls him to smoke too they do it on the quiet here in the garage although it's against the rules why don't you stop them then asked armitage ryan shrugged and laughed if we stop them we'd be fired for committing insult and if they are caught here we'll be fired afore letting them smoke that's the way with those who work for people like the wellingtons always between the devil and the deep sea oh i don't know said armitage whose combative instincts were now somewhat aroused i don't think people get into great trouble for doing their duty whoever they work for the footman grinned well he said you'll know more about that the longer you're here as he spoke the boys under discussion entered the doorway and seating themselves upon the running-board of a touring-car helped themselves to cigarettes from a silver case which the elder took from his pocket they lighted them without a glance at the two men and had soon filled the atmosphere with pungent smoke do they do this often asked armitage at length turning to ryan and speaking in a voice not intended to be hidden the footman grinned and nodded against the rules isn't it persisted armitage much to ryan's evident embarrassment who however nodded again the older boy took his cigarette from his mouth and rising walked a few steps toward the new chauffeur he was a slender stripling with high forehead long straight nose and a face chiefly marked by an imperious expression in his flannels and flapping panama hat he was a reduced copy of such englishmen as armitage had seen lounging in the boxes at ascot or about the paddock at Arturo. were you speaking of us my man he said a gleam of amusement crossed armitage's face ay i believe i was my boy why a corner of the youth's upper lip curled and snapping the half-burnt cigarette into a corner he took another from the case and lighted it oh he said nodding you are the new man impertinence is not a good beginning i'm afraid you won't last armitage crossed quickly to the discarded cigarette which was smouldering near a little pool of gasoline under a large can of that dangerous fluid and rubbed the fire out with his foot returning he confronted the boy standing very close to him look here son he said quietly that won't do a bit you know it's against the rules and besides jerking his head in the direction of the gasoline can you haven't any sense ronald's emotions were beyond the power of words to relieve as he stood glaring at armitage his face devoid of colour his eyes green with anger the chauffeur placed his hand gently upon his arm you can't smoke here i tell you there's a notice over there to that effect signed by your father now throw that cigarette away or go out of here with it as you like by way of reply ronald jerked his arm from armitage's grasp and swung at his face with open hand it was a venomous slap but it did not come within a foot of the mark for the reason that jack deftly caught the flailing arm by the wrist and with a powerful twist brought young wellington almost to his knees through sheer pain of the straining tendons as this happened the younger brother with a shrill cry of rage launched himself at armitage who caught him by the waist and swung him easily up into the tonneau of the touring car ronald had risen to his feet and in cold passion was casting his eye about the garage a heavy wrench lay on the floor he stepped towards it but not too quickly for armitage to interpose slowly the latter raised his finger until it was on a level with the boy's face now stop just a minute and think he said i like your spirit and yours too kid he added gazing up at the tonneau from which the younger wellington was glaring down like a bellicose young tiger but this won't go at all now wait as ronald tried to brush past 
in the first place if your mother hears you've been smoking in the garage or anywhere else you'll get into trouble with her so ryan has told me and i don't believe that's any fun now listen will you i'm employed here as physical instructor for you chaps not as a chauffeur although your sister has been good enough to press me into service for a day or two and i imagine i'm going to draw pay for making you into something else than thin-chested cigarette fiends i can do it if you'll help how about it he said smiling at ronald will you be friends ronald who had worked out of his passion sniffed thank you i'd rather not if you don't mind i think you will find that you don't like your place well said armitage affably then i can leave you know yes you can all right it'll be sooner than you think come on muck and the older brother turned and left the garage muck who for the past few seconds had been gazing at armitage with wide eyes slipped down from the car and stood in front of him say he exclaimed you're the fellow i gave that note to in church the one from my sister aren't you he grinned as armitage looked at him dumbly don't be afraid he said i shan't tell sister gave me a five-dollar gold piece i thought you didn't act like a chauffeur say show me that grip you got on ronnie will you he has been too fresh lately i want to spring it on him can i learn it not that one armitage took the boy's hand his thumb pressing back of the second knuckle his fingers on the palm he twisted backward and upward gently there's one that's better though and easier see not that way as the boy seized his hand press here that's right now you've got it you can make your brother eat out of your hand thanks muck left beaming searching for his disgruntled brother and armitage had made a friend a minute later royal or muck as his nickname seemed to be thrust his head into the garage you're not going to say anything to mother about the cigarettes are you that's the best guess you ever made smiled armitage you and i'll settle that won't we rather replied the boy who departed with a nod well you've done it said ryan gazing at armitage admiringly master ronald will raise hell armitage shook his head i don't care i just had to devil that rooster he was insufferable i the telephone bell rang and ryan with a significant i told you so grimace took up the receiver a second later a smile of relief lighted his face very well thank you sir he said and turned to armitage the butler mr buchan says that miss wellington would have you bring out her car at once she don't want any footmen armitage arose with a thrill which set his ears tingling cranked the motor and within a minute was rolling out of the garage End of chapter ten